Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoy the message. So let's pray before we get into this word. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, we come before you today. Lord, I am honored to preach on this stage once again, Father, and I pray that you speak through me with your words, Father. I pray that, Lord, my opinions are pushed to the side and let your word be revealed today. Lord, let everyone in here know that you relate to them. Before you show your sovereignty, Lord, you show that you understand us. You understand what we're going through and you understand where we're at. And so, Lord, let this be, let this, let this word help them understand, Lord, and make it practical. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You know what's the worst thing in the world? Being left at Walmart by your mom. Have y'all, has that ever happened to y'all? Like being left by your parents in Walmart? This happened when I was, uh, I was, I think I was eight or nine years old and I got left at Walmart. Cause I was really focused on this, uh, this Spider-Man tour. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Any Spider-Man fans in here? Spider-Man fans? Okay. Tom Holland fans. That's probably why you Spider-Man fan. Tom Holland fan. But, but I was, a, I'm still a big Spider-Man fan today, but like there was a toy I wanted as a kid and I was like, dang, this is going to be like that. Like it was cheap too. Most Spider-Man toys were like $40, $50 toys. This thing was like $8. So I was like, yo mom, let me cop this. Let me cop this Spider-Man toy. But she was like, no, we got to run errands. I got to leave. Let's go. Cause my mom, my mom rushes everything. So what happened, I was so focused on that toy. Like I didn't, it felt like a couple seconds, but it was actually like three minutes basically. So what are you doing over there, McQueen? <laughs> but, um, but I turn back around and my mom's not there. And as a kid, you're just like, like all your security just left you. You're just like, okay, mom, where are you at? So it took forever. I found her, obviously. She was just right on the other aisle. <laughs> but it took like, it took like five minutes to find her because I was, I felt like I was just stuck in that aisle and I was like, where's my mom at, bro? Like straight up. But that was a scary moment. Another scary moment I had was, uh, uh, two years ago when I was, uh, I was basically making money by, it's embarrassing, but, but I was donating blood to support a plasma center in Lafayette. And I was making like 75 to like a hundred dollars a week. No, every two weeks. I'm sorry. That would have been like impossible, but it was like usually like 75 or $25 a visit. Like you do it. It takes about an hour. They pump blood in and out your body. It's crazy. If you're not a fan of blood, I'm not going to explain it anymore. But, but I did it with my friends a couple of times and I was like, okay, I got this. This is fine. Cause I, I hate doing stuff by myself. How many of y'all like doing stuff by yourself? It's good for you. You self-sufficient people. I can't do it. I just can't. I have to do it with certain friends first before I could get comfortable doing it. So I did it for the longest time and like, it's fine. I wasn't dying. I wasn't losing blood. I wasn't fainting. I was like, yeah, I can do this by myself. So I did it the first time by myself and little did I know one, when I did it by myself, when I went, it took two and a half hours to do it because the lady had put it into the wrong vein spot. And so it clogged up the needle. So she had to replace it twice. And I was like, oh God, I'm gonna die. Like, like the anxiety level went from here to like through the sky. Like I was so freaking, I was freaking out. It was really, really bad. But, but doing stuff by yourself is not fun. For me personally, I like doing stuff with others. But, um, but it, it, 
a lot of stuff that you do by yourself is because obviously, you know, maybe someone doesn't want to help or, you know, you just by yourself in general. And I thought to myself, thinking about those two subjects of like being alone. And I thought about that. I thought about like, why do I feel so lonely? Why do I feel by myself? And that's the topic I'm going to be talking about today. I, I kind of want to have a little funny story about, you know, being lost in Walmart. But, but the title of this message is The Only One. It's a sermon about loneliness. This sermon had been on my heart for the past couple of months, but uh, I really wanted to do it today because I felt the Lord put it on my heart to preach it today. And I'm really, really excited to, uh, to put it together. So the first thing I want to talk about, the scripture I'm going to be using for this passage, uh, I have three, I have like four passages, but I'm going to start with the first one. It's in Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. This is, uh, Isaiah is the prophet that really talked about Christ's, uh, ap- like, approach the most. He talked about Christ coming, dying on the cross, being the sacrificial lamb. He's the one that talked about that the most. But with this passage, it's hard to believe sometimes because because it is. He's with you. God's with you all the time. Even though you don't feel him or, or, or sense that he's there, he's there. But it's hard sometimes when you don't, because us as people, we want to feel those things. But sometimes it feels like he's not there. But this scripture says, and I didn't have it on the on the screen, but it says in verse one, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, who he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name and you are mine. Verse two, when you pass through waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your steed. So this is a scripture in a, in a, in a, in, on Christ, Christ context, talking about how when you pass through waters, I'll be with you. So this is a clarification that God's with you. But sometimes it's hard to feel like God's with you when you don't, experience anything of God at all. It feels like, you know, this is just some type of myth. Is he really with me? And I was thinking about it the past couple of months about loneliness. And I've dealt with loneliness, loneliness most of my life, not out of a bad way. Like, have you ever been in a crowd of people? I've probably told this before, but you've been like with friends, personal friends, having a fun time, but you still feel like this void of loneliness in your heart. Or like you feel like this, this, this loneliness that you don't really understand. And that's what I had been feeling for a long time. I have, I have really good friends, personal friends, almost like brothers. I have a great family. Like, I appreciate all that. Like, that's great. But something still in me was like, okay, why do I feel this void of feeling by myself? And you ask yourself that question, why do I feel like I'm walking this alone? Like, example, if you're walking in your life, you feel like you're by yourself for a lot of the things that you go through. We all have reactions of others just leaving us too. You can probably, if I would let you think of one person that has left you in your life, you probably have one, like a personal friend, maybe a relationship, like someone has left you. Sometimes it's worse when it comes to someone you counted on somewhere where you got to start knowing them and then all of a sudden, you know, they had good intentions, they were genuine, but then all of a sudden... They leave, and then the question comes to your mind, why am I alone? 
And I realized this, and God spoke this to me a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's like the more I pursue God and the more I follow this calling, the more lonely I become. And the reason why I say that is because, not because I don't have people around me. I have y'all. We're all in a room. I have personal friends. But the more I pursue the Lord and read his word and praise his name and, 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 and pray out my heart to them, a lot more people walk away. And I couldn't understand that at first. I was like, I'm losing. I've lost a lot of people in my testing. I've lost a lot of close friends. I've lost a lot of personal relationships. I felt I've experienced rejection in ways that, that I don't talk about. And, and I realized the more I've gotten closer to God, the more I pursue the calling, the more I'm more left alone with people. Now that's scary because it's like, I love my friends. I don't want them to leave me. But, but I started to realize when people walk away, the more like to hate the more people yeah the more people like to hate and the more people that like to walk away it's more when i because the thing is is that the more you pursue the lord you're the more you're separated from the world and i realized that the more you pursue the father the more that the tox, the toxic piece of what the world has to offer is starting to slip from your hands but I believe that's a signature example of how we experience loneliness. Even Jesus went through the loneliness. And I'm going to break it down in two pieces um, because who better to relate to us than God himself? You know, because sometimes it's like, oh, I don't get, you know, I'm not sovereign. I'm not powerful. I'm not, you know, I can't speak the waters into existence. I can't walk on water or whatever. But um, I think that, you know, the loneliness that Jesus felt was a bit different because I think he was put in it. And I want to tell you right now, the loneliness that you feel is sometimes because you're put in the loneliness. And I'm going to explain why while, as I preach this. The two things Jesus experienced was loneliness, but it helped him depend on the presence of God. It helped him depend on who God was in his life. Even though he was fully, fully God, he was also fully man. And as a full flesh of a man or a full flesh of a woman, you still got to rely on a supernatural essence like God. And with this, these two points I want to talk about is the two pieces that I found that I think Jesus was left alone the most. Point, the first one I want to talk about is that he was alone in the wilderness when he was tempted by the devil. Verse, I want to talk about verse one. Let me actually get to it because it blew my mind the way I read it because we just read the Bible to just, you know, just reading it through. But when you really dissect it and you look at it in a certain way and God speaks to you, it, it makes it makes it look a lot better and it makes a lot more sense. Because sometimes you can't make sense of certain scripture. Sometimes it's impossible, but that's when God can really reveal it in a way that only he can. So the first thing I want to talk about is verse one. This is where it confused me. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was led. He wasn't just put in the wilderness. He didn't just go to the wilderness to be tempted. Like, he didn't choose that. Jesus didn't choose to be tempted. The Spirit brought him into that place. And what I thought about, not just the temptation, yeah, like some, like when he was led to be tempted by the devil, I was like, does God lead me into temptation? But the scripture also says that, the Lord will not lead you into temptation, but your own desires lead you into your own temptation. So when I thought about that, I was like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. But when I really thought about it, Jesus didn't have no pastor. Jesus didn't have no friends. He didn't have no mentor to go with him into the wilderness. He went by himself. Even though he was fully God, he was fully man. And he went to the wilderness by himself. 
after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Go 40 days without anybody or any food. Bruh, I could not. I would die. You wouldn't actually. I mean, he's Jesus. But uh, Continue. Um, so verse 3 says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know, I realized with this scripture, the devil was trying to make Jesus do something that wasn't intended. He made a rock turn into bread. He was making, he was making something become something that it wasn't supposed to be. Like a rock is supposed to be a rock, supposed to hold stuff down. A bread is to eat. That's the opposite. But that shows me, and I want to tell you this now, is the devil trying to make you look a certain way that is not you, that is making you seem a certain way that is not your character. And that's what the enemy, not just the enemy, because we blame the devil too much. Sometimes it's us. We make our own decisions and we decide that we want to turn this stone into bread. We make that own decision. That happens in our culture all the time. We try to make things a certain way, even though it's not us to begin with. So that's what the enemy was trying to put in, is he was trying to make Jesus turn something into something that it wasn't. Verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy city to stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command you to the angels concerning him, and they will lift you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So when I look at the scripture now, when it comes to loneliness, because I I looked at it in the perspective of loneliness, because when you look at this piece of scripture, it shows loneliness in a way that you wouldn't see it as, but only God can reveal that. So when I saw it, when I saw he would jump off a cliff, I thought to myself, does loneliness drive you to a place where you don't want to be on this earth anymore? And I talked about suicide a couple of, uh, about a month ago. And that's one of the things that the enemy likes to do. And even in your own mind is likes to drive you to the point where you turn yourself into something that you're not. And sometimes you get led to where you don't want to be here anymore. And that's a scary thing to be at is realizing that I don't want to be on this spot anymore. I don't want, like, no one cares about me. I'm too alone. What if I leave? Would anyone care? That's the, that's the enemy's trick. He likes to tell you that you're not enough, not measured up, all this stuff. And when that happens, you have to tell yourself who you are by what God has told you you are. And what has he told you? You're a conqueror. You're a child of God. Those things happen. And not, I'm not just talking about unbelievers. I'm talking to us as Christians in general. Christians struggle with these certain things, especially Christians. We struggle with loneliness more than anybody. Why? Because we're separated from the world. And when you're separated from the world, your flesh tries to contradict the Holy Spirit because it doesn't want that. It doesn't want to feel lonely because it does sometimes. But that's what was happening. The devil was trying to get Jesus to do something and not just make him do that in a, in a reference of killing yourself, but he was making him do something to test the Lord. And he said, don't test the Lord your God. Verse uh, verse 8, again, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Verse 9, all this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. When I looked at that, with loneliness comes temptation in a way that people have certain friends, people have certain relationships, and you don't have that. You know, Look, I'm, I'm going to be, be honest with yourself. You've probably been very angry and jealous about certain friends that you have that have a relationship already, and now you're like, okay, God, where's mine? Like, like 
I know y'all are young, but like at the same time, it's like, man, that would be cool to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. That would be cool. Like, like that's, the devil likes to do that too. He shows Jesus all this stuff because with loneliness in the wilderness comes a temptation to have all these other things, have all these other kingdoms, have all these other substances. And Jesus has to show him this, away from me, Satan. When I see him say, away from me, Satan, I feel like that was the most effective thing he's done, is show him the kingdoms, the kingdoms and things of this world. And he says, for it is written, written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And that reminds me that if I get in a rut of feeling like I need this and I need that, I got to worship God first. If I need this or that, trying to get this or get this type of relationship, I got to let God be first before anything else. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. That was the first place I saw loneliness with Jesus, was that he was in a place where he was alone, but God was with him. And that's what I need you to realize is that even though no one physically is around you, God's with you. God's with you in that place. He went through temptation by himself. He went through, like, example, things you struggle with, you have, you do it by yourself. Sometimes there's, you rely on certain people and, and just, it doesn't measure up to your expectation. Like, for example, I have struggled with mentorship my whole life. I love my dad. I love, I love the people, the men that have been in my life to mentor me, but it wasn't an expectation that I had set for myself. And I had that piece of, Knowing that sometimes people aren't, because that was another thing we can't do. We can't worship people. We can't worship the opinions of what they say. We can't worship the things that they do in trying to imitate that. Sometimes we need, to, 99.9% of the time, we need to let God create that place. He was dealing with temptation. He didn't have any mentors, nothing. But God was with him. That was the big picture. And it sucks as a teenager. It's like, man, I really like you. You're supposed to have fun. You're supposed to have certain friends. But what if God's keeping you away from that so that you can focus on him instead? What if he's trying to keep those friends that aren't as beneficial out the way for a little bit so that he can really teach you and grow with you in this journey in the season of your life? Because that's what happens. That's what ha- that has happened to me for the past couple of years. And I hated it. But it, but I'm grateful now and I say thank you, Jesus, that you've gotten me through that because without that, I wouldn't be in this place. I wouldn't be obeying what God's called me to do if I would have stayed in a place where it wasn't healthy for me to, with my walk with God. There's uh, a close friend of mine, he had posted this on Instagram the other day and it showed me that you need to find friends and people that are going to share vision and ideas rather than talk bad about others. And that hit me hard because I was like, dang, that's heavy. Because, because we like, and if you're that person, I give you mercy. That's, I, I get that. I've done that before. Everyone's done that before. But what type of people are you going to have in your life? Are they going to lead you to a certain place of godliness? Or are they going to lead you to a place where you just gossip 24-7? That's a big issue we have, not in the world, but in the Christian community in general. You know, I realized... When I talk about being fake, I give grace to fake people that are Christian. And the reason why I do is because they have an identity issue and they have a certain problem with trying to figure out who they are. So they act a certain way here, but then act a certain way somewhere else and they're struggling with it. But it's hard, it's hard to give 
grace sometimes, and I still do, but it is hard to give grace to people that act like the Pharisees in the gospel. Where we show a certain face and we think this is holy, but then at the same time we're having a problem behind closed doors. And I know that's hard to hear, because it's hard to hear for me too. And the Bible does that. The Bible will show you things that you have to be set free from, but it has to tell you the hard truth. And that's what's happened with this thing is that the fakeness comes from like they worship God on Sunday, but they do certain things on Monday. And that's the scary picture that you have to realize with certain friends and certain people that they, if they don't benefit your walk with God, ease off a bit, ease off a bit. I'm not saying don't let them go because I believe people change. I believe God can change hearts, but you have to back off a little bit. You have to ease yourself a little bit because it's not because they're getting hurt. It's because you're getting the effect of the damage. So that's why you got to be extremely careful. But that does cause loneliness too, because there's a lot of, I'm going to be, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. There's a, we have what, 7 billion people in the world right now. There's a lot of them that are like that. There's a lot of people that are like that. And that's why you have to be very careful when it comes to certain friends that you have to ease off a little bit just to learn. And that's, but that's where loneliness comes from. Loneliness comes from that place. The second and final point I want to talk about, let me flip this. The second point I want, the final one is the biggest one that I think Jesus was the loneliest, but it was the biggest, greatest gift that humankind, mankind had ever gotten. Point number two was he was left alone at the cross. He was left alone for the cross. So John chapter 18, I got to flip to that now. I got so much on my plate. John 18 verses 4 through 8. And I got to go through Matthew and Mark and Luke. I picked way too far. Sorry. 18. Give me there. All right, I'm there. Flip this out right here. So starts in verse 4 through 8. Jesus, knowing what was going to happen to them, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, he, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas was the traitor standing there with them. There's always that one friend in that friend group that's going to be a traitor one day. Have you ever thought about that? I've thought about that one time. I was like, man, that's that one person that's going to that's going to put me under the bus. And I was like, no, no, Jesus, I'm not going to let that happen. But that's who Judas was. Judas was the traitor of the, I call it this, the disciples, but I call them the posse, the, the crew. And the scary thing that, a little bit of context, what was going on, Jesus was about to become arrested to go to the cross. And what happened in that was Judas took, uh, was supposed to help them go get Jesus arrested for some gold, for some pots of gold, like basically money. And he's, and verse, where was that? Yeah, verse 5 still. I am he, Jesus said, and Judas was the traitor standing there. Verse 6, when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. That's how powerful God is. He can just say a certain word and nothing can stand against it. Nothing can stand against what God says. So if someone's calling you certain names and someone's making fun of you, remember what God has spoken. That'll knock you off your feet. That'll knock you off your feet to the point where you don't own to anyone else but God. And that's what I realized in that scripture was that God is the Word. Like, Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. It's just, it's cool. You just got to read the Bible. It's cool. But uh, but in verse 6, when he said, I am he, they drew to the back and fell down. 
verse 7, he asked them again, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth. They said, Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. He was talking about the disciples. And I ended there because even later on, he talked like Peter, like Peter's the one that's crazy. He's the one that slid off the man's ear. You've heard that Bible story, like the Peter slitting off a man's ear. It's pretty graphic. And that's not, and that's like an anger upbringing. Like he just cut it off because he was upset. He was trying to defend Jesus. But that was the moment where Jesus had to tell him, no, it's still, I, I have a purpose. I got to complete this. And then he healed the man's ear. It was cool. You got to read it. But, but with Peter and even the disciples, the posse in general, they scattered. The Bible says that they scattered, they left. And Jesus was left alone. Judas had betrayed him and the other disciples left. And I thought to myself and I was like, man, like that's a lonely place to be is you have a purpose to die, but no one's there to support you. No one's there to help you. But then I realized something. They scattered because they had to. Because Jesus was the only perfect lamb of God. to He was the perfect sacrifice to die on the cross. The other disciples weren't. They were flawed. They were regular humans. Actually, they were teenagers. That was, I've, I probably told you this before, but they were, they, the certain theologians believe that they were teenagers, like they were young students back then. And then Jesus obviously was the rabbi of, of those 12 disciples. And he was the young, and they were, I don't know what age, just teenagers in general. But, but they had to scatter. They had to leave. Because even before that, when Jesus was praying, he said, he said, not my will be done, but yours. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Jesus had a purpose to die on the cross so that we can live an eternal life and sinless life for him and be accepted into the kingdom of God. He had to do that, but things had to be put in place, which means the, the disciples had to scatter. He had to walk the road alone. He had to die on the cross by himself with two thieves. It had to happen that way. It could have happened different. It could have been different. God could have done a whole different scenario, but he made them scatter. And what I want to tell you today is that if you've had people leave you and you've been upset and discouraged by it, be encouraged by they had to. So if someone leaves your life, let them leave. If they've left your life, let them leave because they were supposed to leave. They were supposed to walk away because guess what? God takes things out of your life. Did you know that? God takes certain things out of your life that doesn't benefit your walk with him. It doesn't. That's why the disciples had to scatter. And that's why Jesus had to be alone. Because he had to fulfill a purpose. He had to fulfill a calling that was happening. He had to go by himself. He had to go to the cross by himself. It was the purpose of God that he had to go. We try to fight the loneliness. We try to fight the separation. We try to fight the, the breakup. We try to fight the rejection. We try to fight the things that hurt us the most. But instead of fighting it, it's time to deal with it. You've been dealing with a rejection, a breakup, a loss of friends. I don't know how long. I don't know. Maybe it's been a whole day. Maybe it's been a whole year. I don't know your life, but God does know your life. And what I want you to know is, is that you need to deal with that hurting of loneliness with God. God is asking you, how are you going to deal with it? And he asks Job, he kind of asks Job, almost, not Job, Jonah, almost the same way when, when Jonah was confused that Jesus 
uh, uh, the Lord forgave Nineveh and gave compassion and didn't destroy the city. Jonah was confused and he was angry with it. And the Lord said to him, why are you angry about it? And he just said, I'm just so angry that I want to I die. That's what Jonah said. But, but, but the Lord put it on Jonah, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to deal with that anger? And I think that we need to realize in our own life is that how are you going to deal with that loneliness that you feel right now? Maybe you feel it right now. Maybe it's just sitting in a place where even when I talk about loneliness, you're just like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. But Jesus had to go alone. Jesus was lonely because he had to. He had a mission to accomplish. The disciples left because he had to. They had to. Some people will leave your life because they will distract or hinder your mission with God or your purpose. You want to know what I think of Peter cutting off that man's ear? That was a distraction. That was a hindrance. Because even Peter said from before, Jesus, I will go to you to the cross even unto death. Even unto death on the cross. And Jesus said, you would deny me three times. Three times. And that's the thing that you have to realize is that if you go alone, the reason why you're going alone is because God wants to be that only one that can fulfill that loneliness. He's the only one that can fill that void. He had to go alone sometimes. We have to, we have to go alone sometimes because God wants to work on you. That's another thing that we forget that God puts us in a place of loneliness because we have to work on ourselves. We have to pursue his, his presence more, get in a deeper relationship with him. That happens. And he has to work on you. But understand this, even, just because you're lonely doesn't mean you'll be lonely forever because God's the, uh, the God of the outcome. He's the God, the Lord of the harvest. So that means he has an end. He has a finishing end, but you don't have to know that. You just have to trust God. And that's the question I want to give to you. Will you trust God even when it doesn't make sense, even when you're completely stripped of people and you're completely stripped of your friends? Will you give God that trusting opportunity? God, I trust you. I know who you have for me. I know what you're going to do with my life. I just don't know it completely, but I trust you still. But I trust you. And we have to understand that as believers is that Jesus had to go alone because he had to. And I know I keep reiterating that, but, but that's what I want to get in your heart is that even the reason why you feel alone is because God wants you. God wants you. Doesn't mean you're going to be alone forever. Doesn't mean you're not going to have great friends. Doesn't mean you're going to have an amazing relationship with, with, with your future husband or future wife in the future. But, but, but the picture is, is that you're still going to feel alone. Pastors feel alone. I've asked Pastor Brandon thousands of times, how does it feel like being a pastor? He's like, yeah, it's great, but it's lonely sometimes. And I've realized that with a lot of other people. Even married people get lonely sometimes. Like kids, you guys get lonely sometimes. Like, like that is a big issue. But I've realized that God has shown me to be, even though it's lonely, he's with me. And that's what I want you to get in your heart is that even though you're alone, God's with you. And if you don't believe me, look what Jesus did. Went into the wilderness by himself, was, was dealing with struggles by himself, and went to the cross to be crucified by himself. But he wasn't really by himself. He really wasn't alone. He just didn't have physical people with him. He had God with him. And that's what I want to ask you. You can have tons of friends. You can have tons of things in your life. 
but is God with you in that? So I want every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to turn off the lights. I want to end it with a special prayer for you guys because I feel like a lot of us deal with loneliness. You know, some people don't deal with anxiety. Some people don't really deal with depression as much. Some people think they're perfectly fine and just perfect holy people. But but for us, people like us, as believers, we deal with loneliness on a regular basis. And and I want to let you know that, you know, God's with you. That's hard to hear because you can't feel him or 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 feel like he's there, but he is there. You don't have to feel him to know him. God is not a drug. <laughs> he's not some type of substance that you take to make you feel good. He is he is the very spirit of God. He is spiritual. He's not physical sometimes. And I want you to get that in your heart right now before I pray for you. Because obviously we can't lay hands because of Corona. But but I want you to know that that God loves you. He knows you. And he wants you to grow into a Christ-likeness that people see and, and, and wonder, why are you like this? Why are you so amazing? Why are you so kind? Why are you so joyful? Why are you, why do you, how do you understand me? You don't even know me. You can just tell them God knows you. I just want to pray over everyone here who's struggling with loneliness. And you're struggling with the fact that people have left you. People have betrayed you. People have talked bad about you. People have talked about how, what your past was or what you deal with right now. And I just want, we just need to take those distractions out the way and just come into the presence of God for a moment. And I want you to ask God in your heart right now, as we're in the presence of God, I want you to ask him, Lord, can you fill this loneliness? Can you fill this void? And let me tell you something. He loves saying yes to that. Because he wants to be in your heart. He wants to be in your life. You have to let him, though. You have to let him be in your life. So, Father, I ask you, Lord, that you come into our heart, Lord, that this loneliness, even though it it sucks, Lord, even though we have sometimes physical loneliness, Lord, we feel isolated, Lord, we know that you're with us. We know that you're here. We know that you're present. Father, I ask that you continue to help us crave your your presence more, your word more. Father, we pray that we that we continue to learn you more and more on a regular basis so that we don't have to feel alone when we do feel alone, Father. Lord, I ask you to come into our hearts to help us experience a loneliness, the loneliness that can be separated. That you can that you can heal us from those certain rejections and certain faults and certain friends that have left us, Lord. But you did it because you knew they weren't good enough. They weren't not good enough, but they weren't good in a way that was going to benefit our purpose. But Father, I ask, Lord, that you heal us from that hurt and that you meet us where we are and that we know that you know us and you love us and you hear us, God. Lord, speak to us in any way you need to. And Lord, I thank you that our loneliness is being filled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.